sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Tell you this last uh, month or two, there is a shift in the spirit. There is, there, there's things, there are things happening. Um, God is, uh, I, I received a word about two months ago that this is a season of breakthrough. And I can really feel it, especially this last week, been significant breakthrough. I can feel it in my spirit. And my wife is actually sleeping. Hallelujah. We had a tough, tough uh, season behind us. And Sonic is just so sensitive that she picks up things in the spirit, you know, and then it affects her sleep and it, oh, it becomes a big, a big challenge to us. But so I'm so thankful uh, for all that God has done and is doing. So this morning, I want to speak to you about plugging into the power. And I want to speak to the hungry this morning. So over the last month or so, the Lord, Holy Spirit is saying to me over and over again, Andre, speak to the hungry. Don't speak to the critics. It's always going to be critics. Don't get distracted. Just speak to the hungry. Because there's something that happens when the hungry, those when the, when the fire of the Holy Spirit begins to burn within us and you put the, the, those on fire together, it creates a bonfire that will begin to influence the others that are maybe not on fire or not so hungry. There's something supernatural that happens when a hungry people, a thirsty people for God come together. So I'm speaking to the hungry this morning. And I want to share with you about plugging into the power of God. I'm sure we've all experienced this maybe at some point. Load shedding. That's like a cuss word, eh? Load shedding. So load shedding happens. But you like, you, you've got a deadline. You've got a plan. I've got like two hours. I need to finish that thing. I'm going to work on my computer. And then as you're about to do it, power's off. You're like, no. I had to get this. Ha- I had to make this happen now. And now it's load shedding. And it's, the computer's not working. And it, no. It's a crisis. It freaks you out. And nothing's working. I mean, in, in this, this era that we're living in, almost, almost everything works with electrical power. And you don't realize it until the power's off. When our phone's batteries run out and the fridge doesn't work and the TV and the computer and the, you name it, the garage door, maybe the, 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 the traffic lights. It's just nothing works when load shedding happens. So it's a challenge. Nothing works when there's no Power. And when it's night, extremely awkward sitting there in the dark. When you have your little lamp, we have this lamp that we charge, and now the little lamp isn't working either. No. You know, so we're sitting there in the dark, and we're like, oh, you know, come on. You know, but so, so at night, so it's dark, it's cold, and nothing's working because there's no power. Electrical power. We need that to make things function. But in the same way, in the kingdom of God, 
When the power of the Holy Spirit isn't present, the result is it is cold. Hearts are indifferent. It's dark. You can't see what God is doing. We're not hearing his voice. And nothing's working. You pray for people and nothing happens. They don't change. They come with their issues. They leave with their issues. It is so frustrating. Now, have you experienced that? You pray for somebody, nothing happens. Eh? Who's experienced that? Frustrating. And if you take it on a national level, if you have excessive load shedding on a national level, eight hours a day in one place load shedding, what would be the result? The economy would tank. The whole nation would be in a crisis. So what if a whole nation, for a whole nation, the church is experiencing excessive load shedding, a lack of power, a lack of the Holy Spirit. The result, exactly what we're seeing in our country, moral decline, corruption, chaos, just morally, the darkness is just taking over. I believe the church of Jesus Christ is experiencing excessive load shedding right now. Holy Spirit load shedding. A lack of the power of God. And so I believe God is calling us right now to plug in. Plug into the power. So I want to, just from today, I just want to, I want to stir your hunger today for more of God. I want to stir. I'm trusting that as I'm going to share that that would stir within you. I need the power of God. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Okay. Who likes load shedding? No, we don't. We don't like load shedding. And we want lives to be transformed. So about a month ago, I saw a vision. You see, often the Holy Spirit speaks through visions or mental pictures. Like God paints on the, on your, on the canvas of your imagination. And so I, we were in a prayer meeting and I saw a vision of a electrical power plant huge electrical power plant and i saw like one cable coming out of it i saw a person standing holding the one cable and then the other hand holding the continuation of the cable so i saw this person standing and the person being a conduit of the power of god i believe i believe that is this electrical power plant represents the the source of power and so this person was standing and, and the power, the con, you know, being a conduit of the power of God through them. And I, and I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me, saying to me, and I, I spoke about this at a pastor's summit, chauffeur pastor's summit last, you know, last week, sharing with the pastors, I felt the, the, the Lord was saying that the senior leader of every local church sets the tone, sets the atmosphere. Sets the, the environment for the power of God to move in that, in that environment. And then I saw in the, in the rest of the vision, I saw person after person plugging in themselves into the power plant. Just like hundreds of people, like in a line, plugging in, plugging in, plugging in, and everything lighting up. And this power plant just became bigger and bigger and bigger as everybody was plugging in. Everybody was plugging in. It was such a cool vision. And, and I believe there's an invitation from the Lord 
for every one of us to personally plug into the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's, we're not in the Old Testament anymore. It's not like I plug in on your behalf. Yes, I, I, I need to plug in on a level so that I can set the atmosphere in this environment. It's the same way with a, a father of the house or a husband. You set the tone in the house. You need to up your game if you want to set the atmosphere in your home. If you're the father or the husband in the home. In the same way in a church or a business or a community. There is the, the leader sets the atmosphere. Then the leadership team and then the rest. But when everybody begins to plug in, then you have this exponential growth of this massive bonfire of the Holy Spirit. Come on, say bonfire. Sounds so cool. Bonfire. Bonfire of the Spirit where hearts awaken. We begin to see and lives are transformed. So there's an invitation for all of us to come and plug in. Plug into the power of God. So just a few, few points that I want to highlight concerning this power plant. Firstly, we need to understand the source of power. So let's look at this. Matthew 26, verse 63. Now this is when Jesus was being um, he was, uh, the Pharisees were interrogating him. It was a day before he was crucified. And it says in verse 63, but Jesus kept silent. They were accusing him. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, Hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power. The power. You will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power. So what is the source of the power? God himself. Father God. The source. God inherently is powerful. Creator of the universe. He is love. But he is powerful. He is power. He can't help himself. That's who he is. And, he, and, and coming on the clouds of heaven. I love that. Jesus said he's going to come on the clouds of heaven. He's going to return at some point. Then Matthew 6.13. This is the well-known prayer that the disciples are asking Jesus. Lord, how should we pray? And at the last part of that prayer, it says in verse 13. And do not lead us into temptation. But deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yours, God, yours, yours is the kingdom. You're the king. King of kings is your kingdom. And yours is the power. You're the source. You are powerful. No one else is. There's only one real power in the universe. God. And yours is the glory. In other words, we do not pursue power to glorify ourselves. We pursue the power of God to glorify him. He is glorified when he works through our lives. To God be the glory. And so the Holy Spirit can be like this electrical power. that So the person standing in that vision with a cable, the electrical power is like the Holy Spirit coming from the power, but bringing God, I mean, bringing himself who is powerful through these electric cables, through our lives to impact other people. And now 
The Holy Spirit is not a force. He is God. And he's a person. And, and you can grieve him and you can quench him. You can offend him and then he moves away. Or you can honor him and celebrate him and he's going to move powerfully. But God is inviting us into an intimate relationship with him. So we can grieve him through sin and disobedience. We can quench him by not wanting to, to um, give him space to move. And we want to give God space to do what he wants to do in his church. So at times the Holy Spirit reveals himself as a fire. We see this on Pentecost. Tongues of fire on every head. And often it happens when we pray for people. They feel like a fire burning through their bodies. And then they get healed or something changes inside. But they experience the fire of God. So when we were at the pastor summit last week in Hermanus, I was praying for a lady, pastor's wife, who about a year ago had um, thousands of uh, little brain, um, what do you call it again, but major, small, thousands of small strokes in her brain about a year ago. She's in her mid-30s, two small kids, and the result was that she would lose her memory every three minutes. So she could only remember for three minutes and then blank. It was, it's, it, it was such a challenge. I spoke to her husband and just said that for the last nine months, he's been everything to the kids because his wife couldn't function. So about a year, but, but, nine, but end of last year, there was a shift in there, but then she fell back again. There was, it seemed like there was improvement, but then she fell back again. And it's been a really, really tough season. So she responded on the altar call at the summit and I prayed for her. And I spent a lot of time, like 30 minutes or so, just praying for her, trusting that God's going to touch her. And my heart has really, really been going out to their situation, trusting for a miracle in her. So while I was praying for her, she said she felt like overheating. She just felt like a heat of the Holy Spirit all over her. And so at some point, I, I, I lifted my hand and I, I touched her forehead and then there was an electrical spark, but like a clah. She said she felt like I threw a firecracker at her head. <laughs> That's what she felt like. Bah! And, and, and we were both like, wow, God is working here. I mean, I've never experienced anything like that before. But so she was experiencing the power of God and the presence of God. And she felt a shift. Oh, you know, I don't, we haven't checked up in terms of mentally what has changed, but she felt more peace. She felt freer. She had so much more joy the next day. She told me, like, wow, I, she really had an encounter with God. But the thing that really stood out for me was she said, Andre, I experienced the love of God so tangibly. So tangibly. And you see, you, we can't move in the power of God, but not reveal the very nature of God. When, 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 when the Holy Spirit works through us, yes, there's power, but yes, there should be love. Yes, there should be the nature of God, his goodness, his kindness, his gentleness. You know, God should be revealed when we pray for people. So it's such a cool moment, just such an, an honor to pray for her. And to facilitate a, a God encounter for her. And the next day she was praying for people and prophesying of you. She like, there was like a new fire within her. It was beautiful. But so when this, this power station, 
I mean, God is the source of power, but there's another source that I, that's found within it, and it is the victory of the cross. When Jesus died at that cross, he, he won a victory for us. And when, and, and it's a final complete victory over sin and evil and sickness and everything else. And so when the power of the Holy Spirit moves into our lives, it is taking the victory of the cross and making it our living reality. The more tangible the presence of God or the presence of the Holy Spirit is in our lives, the more tangible we will experience the victory of Jesus at the cross. So that's what God wants to do. So more of the Holy, the greater measure of the Spirit present, the greater measure of Christ's victory will manifest in us. And that is what we're trusting for this coming weekend with the School of the Supernatural. We are trusting for an outpouring of the Spirit to tangibly manifest the victory of Christ in our lives. And we'll be able to see what God will see His kindness, see His goodness, experience the, the victory of Christ in our midst. And so, so I want to stir something in us today. I have seven points of why we need the power of God in our lives. In the first service, I finished the first one. Hallelujah. So we're going to go on for three hours now to get through all seven of them because we, we have to finish them. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Don't worry. Don't worry. So, so I want to ask this question. Why do we need the power of God in our lives. I simply want to move, I simply want to stir this in us. A desire, may we be moved to pray, may we be moved to call out to heaven and say, God, we need your power. We need your presence in our lives. So reason number one, the quality of the disciples produced. If the power of God is present, there's a certain kind of disciple that will be produced. Someone comes to Christ in an environment where God is tangibly present and revealing himself in power. A certain kind of disciple will be produced. And if someone comes to Jesus in an environment where the power of God is not present and not tangible, there's a different kind of disciple that will be produced from that environment. And so we see this from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2. Verse 2, we see the intentionality of the Apostle Paul. You see, Paul was not after building a big church of numbers, of pew warmers, of people just coming to sit and listen to him. He Because he was going to move on in any case. He was wanting to raise up a people that would impact the world. So look at this. Verse 2, Paul said, for I determined, come on, say, I determined. See the intentionality. He's saying, I determined. When I came to you, I determined. I was intentional. Not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I did not come to preach me. I came to preach Jesus. He's your savior. I am not. I came to preach Christ to you. God who became flesh, Emmanuel. And I preached him crucified because that is where the victory is. That is where the power flows from. He was crucified for you. Then verse 3, 
He says, but I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. In other words, I came to you revealing to you how small I am. Powerless, insignificant. I have no power of myself. I am weak. So Paul created, he didn't create a super apostle environment where people worship the preacher. He created an environment where people worship Jesus. And they knew that people are just people and God is powerful. And he came trembling because of the fear of God and of this great call upon his life. It was like, I mean, walking on holy ground. He, he understood the importance of the mission. In verse 4, and he says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. He didn't come with eloquence. He didn't come to impress people with his vocab. But what did he come? He came, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. He said, I was intentional to demonstrate the spirit and the power of God in your midst. Why? That your faith, come on, say faith. Faith, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So Paul was after a certain quality and caliber of disciple. A people of faith. A people who had faith in God and his power, not in the preacher and his eloquence. This is critical. This is huge. Because if our faith is in people, we won't have faith ourselves. And so Paul was like, I'm intentional. You need to see the power of God at work in your midst. You need to see that he is powerful and he's powerful unto you and through you. Because then you're going to have faith. Faith in God, faith in his power, not faith in the preacher. A quality, the caliber of disciple. And I tell you this like, this burns like a fire in my bones. I can't help myself. Wherever I go, I want to shake things up. I can't stand a powerless church. I can't stand to have meetings where Jesus doesn't show up and touches somebody. It is unacceptable. God is calling his church to power for his glory. But currently the church worldwide is experiencing excessive load shedding and we think this is normal. This is not normal. And part of that apostolic heart's cry is we need the right quality caliber of disciple, people of faith. No, you don't call the pastor when there's a crisis, uh, middle of night, 12 o'clock, my phone's off. You pray. <laughs> you have authority. You command that devil to leave your house. You walk in the power of God because he is with you. Amen. So Paul was intentional and so should we be in Jesus' name? So about the last month or so, the Lord really spoke to me about this church. And he said to me, the world changers are already in the church. That's you. That's you. That's you. The world changers are already in church. We're not looking for awesome people from somewhere else to come. You are it. But some of us need 
an encounter with the living God. To upgrade our capacity. To set us free from the stuff that holds us back. You need an encounter with the living God. And we want to facilitate that environment. Even as with Freedom Encounter, people had amazing, amazing encounters that, that's been transforming them. So over the last two months, Sonic and I have been through a really challenging season. It's like a, a birthing season. I've been praying day and night, day and night, day and night. So she's been struggling to sleep. And we've experiencing so much just weird stuff happening. It's been intense. It happens about every six years or so that we go through something. But then it's a birthing season. The Lord comes and he births new things. So at the pastor summit last, um, the previous week, on the Wednesday night, one of our, my pastor friends, Armour from Shofar George, who's a man of the fire of the Holy Spirit, he was facilitating an evening of worship and praying. And I was there, but I was feeling, oh, you know, I'm feeling like I'm not feeling well. You know, it's one of those, like spiritually, I'm feeling, oh, man, something is bugging me. You know, and uh, I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Go to Armour and say, ask him to pray for you. So I went to Armour and said, Armour, I feel you need to pray for me. So now he's about five, six, seven years younger than me. And uh, he was, I was his boss at one point, you know. <laughs> in our region, I was his, his leader. Anyway, but I just felt I needed to humble myself. I need, to, I, I need somebody to pray for me now. So I went to him and he started to pray for me and I encountered the power of God. I, I felt something shift on the inside of me. Tears were running down my face. I was just having, he was just facilitating a heaven encounter. At some point he just hugged me and held me and I was weeping. I was just experiencing the love of God. But something shifted there. Something shifted there. You see, I think this is the biggest challenge. If you want the fullness of God in your life, you need to humble yourself at times. You need to ask somebody, please pray for me. doesn't matter how anointed you might think you are or how powerful or how sorted out or how mature in Christ you think you are. You need somebody else at certain moments in your life to pray for you, to encourage you, to prophesy over you. We need one another. The kingdom of God has been designed like that. God gives grace to the humble. And something shifted in me there. And uh, yesterday the Lord just said to me, Andre, you're free. I'm like, yes. Yes, I'm feeling it. I am feeling so free. So free. So see, if you want that upgrade of the power of God, if you want a greater measure of the power of God flowing through your life, you need to be set free. You need to be healed. You need to have that God encounter and that increases your capacity. And you go from 1.5 volts to 2,500 volts or 100,000 or whatever. But you need, we need that encounter with the living God. But you need that hunger. You need that desire. God, I want more. I need you. And it's not about me. I need you because there are people who need you. Amen. You see, the power of God is always about the love of God. It's always about the love of God. It's not about us. And the world changes are already in church. Come on, say it. I am a world changer. Jesus in you is a world changer. Jesus in you is a, he is the world changer. And he wants to come and take up his place on the inside of you. 
And so we are trusting for this coming weekend. As people are, we fasting and we praying and we are trusting for God to move this coming, coming weekend with the school of the supernatural. So are you going to be there to encounter God? Are you going to come hungry? Are you going to come with expectation? Are you going to prepare yourself in the buildup? Are you going to maybe fast and pray this week and seek the face of God and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Come on. Let's get hungry. So on Tuesday night, we had, we had a life group facilitators um, meeting in my district. And it was the most on fire facilitators meeting that I've ever had in this 12 years that we've been here. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was so much fire. People were praying. I could see this expectation and this faith stirring. And then one of the guys saw a vision while we were praying. He says, during prayer on Tuesday night, I saw an image of a young pride of lions. And so he interpreted it as being, especially for the young people of Shofar. But he said it could also be for new believers that God is raising up. I believe it is, signifies a whole new generation of believers that God is wanting to raise up. That's you and me. And he says this group of lions had a boldness and a confidence that was supernatural. They were a fierce force and were savages in the face of the enemy. I like that. Savages. Come on, say savages. Savages. Bloodthirsty savages. I almost made my sermon title, Bloodthirsty Savages. <laughs> but maybe that's a bit over the top. But they worked together like a band of brothers and sisters and were eager to mercilessly slaughter the enemy. Now, the enemy is not people, okay? It's the devil, demonic powers, sickness, disease, sin, the enemy. They were unwavering even when the enemy begged for mercy. Oh, I like that. They were powerful uncompromising in their beliefs and would not bow their knee to the pressures of society. A Holy Spirit-filled group of warriors. Wow, now that's apostolic grace. That's a, a people who know their God is powerful. A people who are uncompromising. A people who understand what they are called to so I believe God's going to do that amongst the young people, the young adults, maybe the rest of us as well. The Lord is calling us into that place of an uncompromising faith. Bloodthirsty savages. Yes. So our son, Vian, is 12 years old. And over the last two months, God has brought an awakening in his life. Just beautiful. What are we seeing in him in this season of praying and seeking the face of God and us struggling? God is awakening him. He's 12. He gets up at half past five in the morning on his own. He spends time with the Lord. He worships God. He listens to worship music, singing with his earphones on. And he goes through devotions and read the Bible and prays. So this past Saturday, so he's listening at times to this yeah, Reinhard Bonnke is a, was a well-known evangelist. He would like have meetings with 1.7 million people where 1 million people turned to Jesus. I mean, he was a, a fiery evangelist. And so Vian listens to this three-minute clip where Reinhard is preaching. And Reinhard would declare, I want 
Hell empty and heaven full. So now we hear Vian Saturday morning with the earphones on. He's like declaring, I want hell empty and heaven full. <laughs> He's just declaring it. And then he tells Sonic, uh, my wife, he tells her, Mom, that's such a powerful declaration. I want hell empty and heaven full. I can see it in my son. I can see a fire burning in his heart. And if God can do it in a 12-year-old, he can do it in you. He can awaken you. It's just incredible. The capacity that God has built into every one of us, but we need to awaken to that reality in Jesus' name. So come on, I believe God is raising up, raising up this young pride of lions in Jesus' name. Come on, say hallelujah. God is working. Are you going to be part of the hungry? Are you going to be part of the hungry? Are you going to be part of the hungry? Are you going to be part of the faith-filled generation that rises up, receiving your full inheritance in Christ, seeing the kingdom of God come? Come on, that's the invitation. Right, that's point number one. (laughs) The quality, the quality, the caliber of disciple that God is raising up. So I'm just going to mention the others. Number two. Why you need the power of God. Jesus Christ is our example. He did nothing without the Holy Spirit. He did everything by the Holy Spirit. He only did what he saw his father doing. Let's follow Jesus' example. Not just morally, but in ministry and spiritually. Let's follow his example. Number three. Jesus gave his disciples power. And he wants to give you and me as well. Matthew 10 verse 1. It says there, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, what did he do? He gave them power. Why? Because God loves people. That's it. It's not about glorifying self. It's not about feeling powerful. It's about glorifying God and setting people free. He gave them power. Number four. It is a command from Jesus to pursue the power of God, not a suggestion. Acts 1 verse 4. He says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Jesus didn't give them a suggestion. Hey guys, if you like, you know, feel like it, go wait in Jerusalem. You know. He commanded them, I command you, go wait, go and pray, go and seek, go and pursue until you are empowered from on high. Go and pursue it. You cannot do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a command, not a suggestion. So we plug into the power of God because we obey Jesus. Number five, it is available To all of us. Acts 4.33. It says. And with great power. The apostles gave witness. To the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. With great power. They created an environment. Of unity. Of prayer. Of faith. Where great power. Rested upon them. And they gave witness. To the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And then it says. And great grace was upon them. All. Come on say all. 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 Because of the leadership. Creating a certain atmosphere. 
in partnership with the people, God could pour out grace, favor, and power upon every person. Every person. It's for each and every one of us. You see, the Bible talks about, you know, if you have faith, you can move mountains. And I've discovered that the biggest mountain between you and the power of God or the fullness of the Holy Spirit sits between your two ears. In your head. This is the biggest mountain that needs to move. Unbelief. This is my, was my struggle. 2012, when we started to pursue the power of God for signs and wonders and miracles, this was like, is this really for us, God? Or is it just for the super apostles from America, God? Is this really for the ordinary, for the nobodies like us? This was the fight of my life to believe, to move this mountain, move this mountain. Move that mountain in your head. Believe. Great grace is available to you. Come and say it. I believe this is for me. You need to. You need to move that mountain. Next one. Number six. You need the power of God if you want to stay out of deception. Yes, I know. If we become proud and full of ourselves and we think it's our power, we can be deceived as well. Pride will lead to deception and to disaster. But if we know who our God is, and if we know how small we are, and if we know how big our God is, and that he's the source of the power, then there's a beautiful environment created. But Matthew 22, verse 29, Jesus spoke to the Pharisees, and he said, he answered and said to them, you are mistaken. You are deceived. Another translation says, you are mistaken. Why? Not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. You are mistaken. You're deceived because you don't know the power of God, nor do you know the scriptures. In other words, you need both. You need both. The Holy Spirit spoke to me this years ago. The Lord said to me, Andre, if you don't know my power, you don't know me. Because he is powerful. He is powerful. It's a command to pursue his power for his glory and because we love people. But if you... Think that it's, you only need to know the scriptures, but you don't have faith in your heart. You're going to approach the scriptures with unbelief. You're going to come to the scriptures and you're going to think, oh, this is wonderful. What happened 2,000 years ago? Peter was such an amazing man. Amazing apostle. No, he wasn't. He was a fisherman. He was clueless until Jesus chose him and he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was a nobody. But if we approach the scriptures with unbelief, with small-mindedness, if we don't realize how big our God is, we will be deceived. And I see this over and over again. There are so many people who have not experienced the power of God, and the grid with which they come to the scriptures is small-minded, unbelieving, and it is a disaster. It is a disaster. Deception. You'll be deceived. It becomes like the Pharisees. It's amazing. The Bible is so full. The gospel is so full of Jesus rebuking the Pharisees, but no one thinks that they could be a Pharisee today. (laughs) It is so easy to become a Pharisee when we miss God and his fullness. So come on, if you want to stay out of deception, pursue the power of God. And then lastly, why do we need to pursue the power of God? To love people tangibly. 
Why do we pursue the power of God? Because we love people. We love people. And we see this with Jesus. It says in Matthew 14, 14, And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. Jesus saw a great multitude. And it says he was moved with compassion for them. And he healed their sick. Compassion. Compassion would move you. Compassion would move you beyond the opinions of man. Compassion would move you beyond what people say. When you pursue the power of God, and when you see signs and wonders following you, you will have critics. You will have people that will tell you how bad you are and how evil you are. The Pharisees will jump on you like a rash. And that's okay. That's what happened to Jesus. They persecuted him because of the power of God in his life. They said it's demonic power. Demonic power. But when compassion moves us, we just like filter out the critics. And we just see a person that needs a touch from heaven. And we say, God, I surrender more of myself. I humble myself. Increase my capacity. Increase our capacity. Jesus, there are so many people that need a touch from heaven. How can we listen to the critics when you are calling us forward? And I believe God is wanting to pour out a grace upon his church where we no longer listen to the critics. We just hear the voice of our heavenly father calling us forward. Come closer to me. Let your kingdom come. Amen. Let the compassion of Jesus grip your heart. And you're going to be moved forward. You know, over this last, like in 2015, when we were going through a difficult season, we were praying. It was, it was a birthing season. Incredible doors opened up into Brazil, 2015. And this season, again, is like praying, birthing, birthing, birthing. And on Sunday nights, one of my pastor friends who originally come from the Congo, his name is Matthew Mtumba, um, who, who been, is a worship leader, he contacted me. He said, Andre, there's a church Part of a church family from the Congo is doing a conference in Cape Town. They're looking for someone to come and do like revival meetings. I'm like, I'm available. Because you can't contain this amount of fire and do nothing with it. You have to go and release it somewhere. You know, but I feel God's opening doors into the Congo as a church family of like thousands of churches. And they're hungry. They want God. They want God. And so what is God wanting to birth in you in this season? What is God wanting to drop into your heart? Say, hey, I've called you to go and do this. I've called you. I'm birthing this fire in you to go release this into somebody else. What is God doing in you? Because he's working. I know it. Every one of us right now, God is working in your life. Are you walking with him now? Are you hungry? Are you, is, it, is it being stirred in you? Say, okay, God, compassion is moving me. So I'm, I'm preaching to the hungry. I'm preaching to the hungry. Come on, let's become more hungry. Let, let that bonfire be stirred in the spirit. A people who know their God. A pride of lions. Rising up. We plug into the power because we love people. Amen. Come on. What do we have to offer people if we don't have the power of God in our lives? Nothing. 
absolutely nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.